He let us go into the house of the Lord. Yes. Actually, we're ready to stand, please. And we're going to start with our doxology. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Father, we won't get burned. 
We ask, so Father God, that you just stand up and be the God that you say you are in our life. And most of all, Father God, give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes. Father God, allow us to wait on you until our change has come. Father God, we ask you to do it not for our sake, but for your name's sake. Father God, let's stay safe. We serve a dead God. We know that you have not delivered us, Father God, to leave us alone at this time. Father God, we ask you to just make a way for New Jerusalem right now. Enlarge where you need it to be enlarged. I increase where you need to be increased. Make a way, Father God. Provide where provided is needed. Father God, you said upon this rock you build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So we ask, so Father God, that you bless your people, that you depart and parted and placed in this place. Father God, bless them so they can be a blessing to you in this part of the vineyard. We thank you, Father God. Father God, give us a spirit of thankfulness in the midst of our struggle. Help us to thank you in spite of whatever we're going through, Father God. Because we know that when the praises go up, the blessings will come down. We thank you right now. We claim the victory right now. In all things, in every way, and all who love the Lord say amen. Amen. amen, amen, and amen. Somebody pray for me. Oh, yeah. Plenty on their minds. Till the time and pray for me.
and I will provide the login information to you on next Sunday. So those of you who can and will, please just log in with us. This is our time for Baptists around the world, women Baptists, to uh, come together in prayer. So we would love to have men, women, boys, and girls come online with us. To God be all the glory. This afternoon we have an outing with Seaport Missionary Baptist um, Ministers and Deacons Union. Uh, will culminate their um, uh, session this afternoon at 3.30 at Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Miami. Reverend Dr. Gaston Smith is the pastor. We've been there for two days, Friday and Saturday, and had such a wonderful time. And we invite everyone to, if you can come, please come. But if not, you can come Zoom in with us on Seaboard uh, Zoom link, or you can pull it up on Facebook and see everything that's going on. So we invite you to participate in that effort. Now I want to remind everyone on next Saturday, this coming Saturday, I think it's November the 4th, our clock goes back. We're, but yeah, we're falling back next Saturday. So be sure instead of being uh, approximately 11.30, it will be 10.30 next week. So we don't want you to get here too early because if you get here early, nobody's going to be here to meet and greet you. So we want you to be on time. So remember, the time falls back next Saturday night. When you go to bed, set your clocks back. We also want to, um, and I didn't bring it up here with me, but uh, October, I'm sorry, December the 2nd, we're going to be talking about this some more, but right now we just want to remind everyone, President Greer has the tickets. But on December the 2nd at 4 p.m., Seaboard is hosting uh, a banquet, and we are honoring all Seaboard pastors. We will be dining with the finest. So we want to see all of our members, as many of you who can come, please come. We have a responsibility to um, report funds for 10 tickets. The tickets are $30 a piece. So we want to get you these in your hands so you will be present. It's a dressy, holiday dressy occasion. So just come on out looking pretty and enjoy a beautiful meal as we honor our pastor and the others pastors of Seaboard. Thank you for that. Today's inspirational quote, before I go there, I'm requesting um, our prayers for Sister Rosalind Budget. She is still in the hospital. The last I talked to was on Thursday. She was in the hospital and she's trying to come to the place where she can make a decision about a pending surgery. So we're asking your prayers that she's asking you to pray for her and we will lift her up in prayer that the Lord will lead her in the direction that she needs to go. Amen. Today's inspirational quote, there is no one who is insignificant in the purpose of God. And before I am seated and turn it over to the pastor, we're going to ask Lady Jenkins if she would just come up and tell you what all of this is about. We'll be coming up shortly and your finances. Amen. God be the glory. We knew this day was coming and it's finally here. We are coming down to the last lap of October. It has been busy. But to God be the glory. We are making it. We're here. So today we stand before you for Super Soul Sunday, which we're celebrating the Battle of Orange and Blue FMU Day, okay? The Bible says, you shall teach them to your children, talking to them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. Psalm 22, verse 30. To Pastor Clark, Dr. Jenkins, our deacon, President Thomas, and to each of you in your respective places. It is the biblical duty of every generation of Christians to see to it that the next generation hears about the mighty acts of God. God does not give us a new Bible in every generation. 
He commands that the older generation will teach the new generation of his word and how he brought us to where we are now. Today, we are celebrating Florida Memorial University and the connection of its history of the college to New Jerusalem. Last year, we highlighted the history of FMU and its beginnings. Our own Florida General Baptist Convention was formed for the purpose of supporting the Florida Memorial University, which was named the Florida Institute at Live Oak at that time. For this Soul Food Sunday Black History Focus, we want to spotlight Dr. Sarah Ann Blocker, co-founder of the Florida Memorial University. Sarah Blocker was born October 27, 1857, and earned her teaching certificate in 1883. She began teaching at Florida Baptist Academy in 1892 and is credited with co-founding Florida Memorial College by arranging the merger of the Florida Baptist Institute and the Florida Baptist Academy to become the Florida Memorial and Industrial Institute. She served as Dean of Women and taught the famous humanitarian Eartha M. M. White and someone some of us are familiar with the famous author Zora Neale Hurston. Blocker's fundraising, administrative, and management skills contributed to the growth and economic prosperity of the college. Today, in the spirit of her efforts, we continue to raise funds for the expansion of FMU and the young minds working towards a brighter future, not only for themselves, but for our community. Our own First Lady, the late great Sister Ruthie Jones, was bestowed the honor of being the 2000 Sarah Blocker Award recipient. This prestigious award is given to exemplary women who have demonstrated qualities for the enhancement of our community. Along with Lady Jones's career at the Department of Justice and her dedicated civil service at her, at, as a voting polls worker, Lady Jones was a dedicated FMU ambassador, committed to the success of the annual donation day and instrumental in raising funds to contribute to the college during the annual donation days. First Lady Ruthie Jones was an avid believer, and we all know this, yes, yes. because of the words she imparted into our lives. She was an avid believer in higher education and encouraged all young people to seek higher learning to ensure a secure future. Lady Jones taught us all that holding the hands of God was the key to our successful future. That if we dedicated our lives to him, if we lived righteous, he was sure to bless our efforts. Amen. As a FMU ambassador, Sister Jones was known throughout Seaboard and throughout the state of Florida for her contribution and her dedication and service to the work of Florida Memorial as an ambassador. Today, we honor both pioneers. We honor Sarah Ann Blocker. You see this small photo of her here. But we honor our former and late First Lady, Sister Ruthie Jones, for her or both of their exemplary and extraordinary work in striving to advance the black community and promoting education. By way of Lady Jones, New Jerusalem is forever weaved into the fabric of the history of Florida Memorial University. And those of us who contribute today are also a part of the fabric of the success of Florida Memorial and its continuing promotion of excellence. As we take up the offering today, we hope that you will be generous in your giving if you have not already, and we know that we, we planned a friendly competition between the men and the women, and we're all dressed, or many of us are dressed in 
blue or orange, um, and orange was for the women, blue was for the men, but I love the way we incorporated them both because it takes both of us, it takes all of us to for the success of Ford Memorial. But keeping in mind what we're doing today as a competition that's fun, but let's keep in mind this is ministry. Yes, yes. This is yes, ministry. Yes. What we're doing today is ministry. We are being the hands that God is using to be a blessing to those who are in need. So if you don't have an envelope or need an envelope, um, you can ask an usher to bring you one. And um, we will do a tally during the service. And at the end of service, at the end of service, pastor will be given the tally and he will announce the winner of this year's Battle of Orange and Blue and that, that team will win the bragging rights for the year. Like the drum majors lead the band with their baton, the highest giver of that team will be bestowed this baton that you will carry and have bragging rights throughout the year <laughs> until the next person, until next year. <laughs> to God be the glory. This has been your Soul Food Sunday highlight.
God is awesome. He did it all for me. 
They pierced him in his side. The blood came streaming down. He hung his head and died for me. He did it all to set me free. Now how much do I owe him? How much do I owe him? How much do I owe him? He did it all for me. They placed him in a bar with him. Oh, yes, yes. He stayed there three long days. But early on, Sunday morning, he got up from the grave. Now how much do I owe him to the church? How much do I owe him? How much do I owe him? He got up for me. How much do I owe him? How much do I owe him? How much do I owe him? He got up for me. How much do I owe him? How much do I owe him? Turn your Bibles with me to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. I want to encourage you in your own quiet time to read all of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. But because of the time restrictions and the length of this passage, I want to just shine us on the spotlight on verses 3 through 5 of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. Verses 3 to 5. I want you to, in your own quiet time, read all of chapter 10 because in it comes the context from God, which I'm about to attempt to teach and preach from this morning. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10. Commence in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And we know that God's word is already blessed. Amen. Thank you, Cease and President. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus. God gave me this word here this morning. Because where we are in ministry and where the level that we are. Achievement God has taken us to in New Jerusalem, it takes faithfulness. Yes, yes, Lord. It's not about our wisdom and our intellectuality or our skill, but it takes faithfulness to God. No, no matter what it looks like around us, no matter what the noise that my grandmother used to tell me, don't worry, son, don't worry about the noise in the market, just worry about the price of the fish. Well, so don't worry about what everybody said, what they're doing. You stay faithful. But it takes a, it's a job to stay faithful, Brother Charles. Because everybody can't stay faithful. The race is not to the swiftness. 
but he who endures to the end. That's why God gave me this to us this morning in Jerusalem. And God, from the text that I read to you, what he wanted me to tell you about was the tips for the fight. Okay. The tips for the fight. And if you're not aware of it, if you're not already engaged in it, if you are a Christian, you need to understand New Jerusalem. You need to understand that we are enjoined, engaged in warfare. It's not a picnic. It's not a playground. It's a battlefield. Are y'all with me? You can't fight until you get tired. You got to fight until you die. Because it is a life and death struggle. Good against evil, didn't cook. Right against wrong. God against Satan. The flesh against the spirit. The world against the word. And if you are not engaged, if you're not fighting on the Lord's side, then necessarily you are on Satan's side. Because Jesus said to those of us that are not with us, then they are against us. Christians do not live by conventional wisdom. I will say that again. Christians do not live by conventional wisdom. And we therefore do not fight our battles with conventional weapons. The cause of Christ is never advanced by carnal actions or carnal methods. Our spiritual weapons are weak by the world's standard, and but they are more than sufficient to see us through, to defeat the enemy. But you can't let Satan drag you to the fight. Listen to me now. You cannot let Satan drag you to the fight, Sister Andy, on his territory. Because when you try to fight in his territory, we lose every time. Because Satan will fool us into believing, Brother Anderson, that you've been in church so long that you are strong enough to withstand this temptation. With somebody who will help me, because if anybody can help me tell the truth and testify this morning, that no matter how old you are, no matter how much Bible you know, no matter how much you shout on Sunday morning, you are no match for the schemes of the devil. He knows our weaknesses. Come on, help pastor. He knows where the kinks are in our armor. He knows our Achilles heel. He knows what will not bother you, but at the same time, he does know what will. If you're not tempted with woman, Satan won't bother you with that. If you're not tempted with some strong drink, he will not worry you with that. So don't brag about, I don't run around. You best maybe too old to run around anymore. Don't brag that you don't drink. Maybe you're just too sick to drink now. Don't ever pump your chest and lift your head and throw your shoulders back talking about what you won't ever do. No, what we ought to be doing is thanking the Lord for what we have not done yet. Can I get a witness here? But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is on the rampage. He's going to and fro, y'all, seeking whom he may devour. But thank God, thank God, we are more than conquerors. Walk with me around the text, if you will. Paul uses irony, Dr. Jenkins, and sarcasm to strike back at his enemies. When you read the text, Paul is using irony and sarcasm for their criticism against him has been that he is bold when he is not here, but timid when he is here. He's bad when he writes to us, but when he shows up, he's humble as a lamb. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 1 to 2, Now I, Paul, myself be
beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence I'm based among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some. We think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. I'm reading the book. Uh -huh. Paul is saying, I've been at this thing too long, Dr. Jenkins, to let you draw me into a carnal conflict. I've been preaching too long. I've been walking with the Lord too long to let some little person of your size draw me out in the open that I might ruin my testimony. I wish I had a witness here. You, you, can let, you cannot let little people bring you down to their size. Because if you argue with a fool, we might not be able to tell the difference between the both of you. Somebody got to, somebody get that a little bit. I've been walking with the Lord too long to let you engage me in some argument that's not going to win you over to the Lord anyway. Paul is trying to get over to his enemies that your weapons are intimidation and manipulation, but my weapons are prayer and the proclamation of the gospel. Can I say that again? Go ahead. My weapons are prayer and proclamation of the gospel because what the gospel can't change, leave it alone. Don't let them drag you into an argument at the barbershop, y'all. Because they're not coming to church anyway. Don't get into any debate on your job, in school, or at lunch, or the word of God. Because if they want to trust Jesus, are y'all with me? If they want to trust Jesus, nothing will be able to stop them from trusting him. And anything you don't say won't make them go any further. Because it's not about our wisdom. It's not about our wisdom. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 2, Paul said, I didn't come among you with flowery words. I didn't come among you with any rhetoric of speech. But I came among you knowing nothing but Jesus and him crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23 says, Mother Tongue, to the Jew it's a stumbling block. To the Greek it's foolishness. But to them that I believe, and being said, yes. it's the power of God. Yes. Paul tells in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power yes. of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. When you know the word of God, Warren, Satan can, can, can easily and cannot easily manipulate you. When you know the word of God, Satan cannot easily intimidate you. Because you have the power, not only of prayer, but of the proclamation of the gospel. So now since we have to fight, since we got to fight, watch me now, we need some spiritual equipment. Can I get a witness here? God has equipped us according to Paul, who uses athletic and military metaphors to strengthen his point as he relates to how we should behave and conduct ourselves as Christians. Are y'all still with me? In Ephesians, Paul has reminded us, Ephesians chapter 6 to be exactly, he has reminded us that we should put on the whole armor of God. That we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He calls us to put on the helmet of salvation put on the breastplate of righteousness, having in our hands the sword of the Spirit. Are y'all with me still? Having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that you may be able to stand against the Satan's fiery darts. Every piece of our weaponry, watch me now, is in front of us. Because if you turn back, there's no protection. I wish I had a longer time to hang out right there. You can't be a coward and fight this battle. You can't be timid and fight this battle. You can't be apologetic when you are fighting against the devil. You got to be bold, Sister Amy, in your assault against Satan's stronghold. Can I get a witness on it? Take with you the shield of faith 
with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. And since you have all the equipment you need, what does this equipment accomplish? What does this equipment accomplish? What does the gospel have power to do? I'm glad you asked that question. It has the power to destroy the strongholds of arguments. It has the power to destroy the strongholds of arguments. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, not for a college education. It's mighty, not to financial will with them, but mighty to God. Because I can't pull down the arguments, the strongholds, in my own wisdom. Are y'all with me? Because there are people who are unsaved who can run rings around me intellectually. There are people who are unsaved who can buy me out because of their financial means. But now the, but, but now the divine power that comes through the word of God cannot be overwhelmed. Did you hear me? The word of God cannot be overwhelmed. Let me see if I can prove that to you. Jesus, after Peter's confession of faith, he says, Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus says, when you are equipped with the gospel, are y'all with me? You can tear down wicked arguments. When you are equipped with the word of God, you can tear down wicked arguments. Because there are arguments in the world, Warren, that's against God. There are many arguments out there in the world against God. Let me make it more applicable so you understand. 9-11 brought up an argument against God. Because for people who don't know God was questioning God's integrity. People who don't even go to church, people who don't read the Bible, People are not saying, well, questioning my God's faithfulness. And many Christians were in a quandary as how to answer that question. Where was God when 9-11 was happening? We were stepping back, throwing up our hands, and shrugging our shoulders because we didn't know how to come to act the argument of the devil about the goodness of God in and through tragedy. Are you with me? Yes, yes. I want to help you. With the gospel to pull down strongholds of Satan argument that, 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 that can aspersion and cause aspersions on the goodness of God. <clears throat> Here we go. Next time, this is gonna be real easy, Warren. Check it out. Watch Grandpa. The next time somebody wants to know from you, where was God when I was suffering? When I was going through whatever I was going through in my, my life, my life. You tell them, everybody can get the same answer for any stupid question they got. You tell them, God was the same place he was when his son was suffering on the cross. All right, man. All right. All right. Do I need to say that again? That was simple, wasn't it? He's the same place he was when Jesus was being crucified on the cross. Are y'all in with me? Somebody want to know where was God doing when the tsunami hit in Asia or when the earthquake hit Haiti? Where was God when COVID-19 was wearing us out? God is in the same place he's always been, ruling and super ruling over the heavens and the earth. God is not taken by surprise when stress, trouble, and trials come in our life. Y'all hear me know the Islam? It doesn't move God off his throne. God knows what you're going through. And in his own time, his own time, he will step right in and take care of your situation. I need somebody here to know that God will make a way somehow. Have I got a witness up in here? I need somebody to help me testify. I don't always understand what he's doing. Have I got a witness here? I can't always follow where he's going. But wherever he leads, wherever he leads, I will follow. Can I testify? But where he leads, I will follow. You have to be a Christian for quite a while, y'all. Before you can start talking like Paul. <laughs> you got to be a Christian for quite a while, didn't you? Uh -huh. Before you can start talking that Paul talk. 
What do you mean, Pastor? Their dark side present. That talk that Paul talked after he had been shipwrecked, after he had been run out of town by a mob, after he had been let down over a wall in a basket, after Paul had been whooped 40 times minus one lashes, after he had been hungry, naked, and in peril of the sword, Paul said, after all that, Paul said, after all that, Sister Andrew, uh -huh. I had to learn, Paul said, yes. that in whatsoever state I find myself, uh -huh. with the Lord, I've learned how to be content. Yes. I can do all things, Paul all said, all right. through Christ that giveth me strength. Yes. You can't do it on your strength. Your strength is nothing. You can't do it in your strength. You need the Lord's strength. Because your strength is going to wear out when you get old and feeble. But I hear Caleb, can I go to the Bible for you? I hear Caleb say, Caleb said in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 11, but Caleb said, I'm just as strong now as I was then. Oh. I don't have time to go to y'all. Bible reader. Caleb was the one who went in. Y'all with me? Yes. To survey the land. Uh -huh. He remembered the promises of God before they got to the survey the land. But now he come out. When everybody started questioning, Caleb said, God said, let's go in. And they started questioning, Caleb, you just said there was giants in the place. You said the grapes are bigger than us. Caleb said, I'm just as strong as I was then. Uh -huh. Back when I was young. I'm still strong now. You know why? Because he's the, the, the strength of the Lord. Yes. 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 I'm not depending on my strength, Caleb said. If God said the battle is mine, if God said the land is mine, that's simple, said. I'm just as strong as I was back then as I am right now. Joshua chapter 1 and 5 says, I hear the Lord saying to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so also will I be with you. Somebody who's kind of weak and whose argument is kind of flimsy this morning, I need you to recognize that you don't have to get in an debate with nobody about the goodness of God. Just stand up and testify. Look at me. I wish I had a witness up here. You want to hear my argument about the goodness of God? Look at my life. Let me tell you where I came from. Let me show you what God has done for me in my life. That's the greatest argument you can ever have. They can argue about what God has done for you. And you are living testimony. Can I get a witness here? Somebody here was raised in a bad neighborhood. Somebody here struggled to get through college. Somebody here had a hard time making ends meet this week. But look at you now. Yes. Look at you now. You, you got more than you can spend that time. Yes. You have food in the house you don't even eat sometimes. Uh -huh. You have to decide what clothes to wear. And some of y'all got shoes stacked from the bottom of the floor to the ceiling. Uh -huh. The gospel has the power to destroy. Yes. Can I get a witness for him? I'm yes. trying to understand. The gospel has the power to destroy strongholds of uh -huh. argument. And then the gospel has the power to destroy high thoughts, high towers of rebellious thoughts. Yeah. Watch me now. Because people don't love, because people don't love God, not because they don't know what the word says, but they don't love God because they are rebellious in their nature. Y'all with me? People don't act like they love God because they just really don't want to love. No, they're just rebellious in their nature. We rebel against God's goodness. We rebel against God's righteousness because it is human nature to want to do what we want to do. It is human nature to get angry when somebody points out to you your faults. It is human nature to try to excuse your bad behavior. You rationalize your ugly ways, your strange and quirky disposition. Listen, listen. By talking about, well, I'm a Leo. I am the way I am because I'm a Cancer. I got funny ways because I'm a Capricorn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, no, that's not because of that. No, you're low down and you're a sinner. 
That's why you got your funky ways. Hello. From the pulpit to the door. All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. And you rebel against the goodness and the will of God. Because God is going in this direction. And you want to go in that direction. And whenever you're in a battle against the will. Listen church. This is very, very important. Whenever you're in a battle against the will of God. In your life. Satan comes in while you're in a battle. And sets up a stronghold in your life. He builds a beachhead. A beachhead is what's been sold and on the beach in Normandy when they came out of the ships and they got onto the beach. They built up a beachhead to prevent the enemy from, from rushing them on shore and the bullets and the, and the weapons would get into them. So they built up the sand so nothing can penetrate to them. We build, Satan builds up beachheads in your life yes. because you're rebelling against the will of God. When he builds up a beach here, he then sets up residence and use you against the will of God in your life. Let's check out the word. The word says when a man cleans his house and sweeps out demons, if he doesn't put something in the demon's place, the word of God, the righteousness of God, the will of God, the faithfulness of God, if he doesn't replace what he swept out with something that's good, and that's God, the demon will come back. Watch this. The Bible says he will come back not by himself. Can I hear the Bible read? Yes. But with demons seven times stronger. What does that mean, Pastor? Then, 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 then the one you swept out, stronger. So if you were stubborn, you get more stubborn. If you're egotistical, you become more egotistical. If you're so proud and high, you're getting proud. Well, if you thought you got rid of it last year, but if you're not completely swept out, and if you, if you completely swept it out, and then you have not replaced it with the goodness of God, the devil will come back in and build up a stronghold. A stronghold, a rebellious thought. A stronghold is a tower, it's an embankment, it's a reinforcement that's built around or inside a city to keep away intruders. Y'all with me? I'm talking, this is spiritual fire. And if you let the devil build a stronghold in your life, the Spirit of God will not have an opportunity to intrude on you and get the stuff out of you that needs to come out of you. And you will get deeply and more deeply entrenched in your ways. Can I make it real for you? Well, how did he or her get involved in this alternative lifestyle? First of all, you, your house swept clean. Now you don't want to come to church and, 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 and eat of the word of God. You're not putting any good inside of you. You, 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 your house got swept clean, but you ain't stay, all you got to do is stay faithful and allow God to impart in you His Spirit. But no, you want to go back out there. So now you go back out there, and the devil gets you involved in something that you wouldn't normally not get involved in. And once he gets you involved in it, you become entrenched in it. And you can't get out of it. I'm using alternative lifestyles because that's one of the things. That ain't the modern thing. No, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And it catches. Can I get any witness in here? So what you do, you get entrenched in your ways, and then you will start arguing with people about why you are the way you are. And then you will build a fence around yourself that nobody wants to be bothered with you. Listen, you're in church, and you got some who still come to church and be got strongholds built in their life. Do you cook? You come to church, but you mean. Every Sunday at church, you grouchy. You come to church, but you ain't getting that because you mean and grouchy. You're entrenched in a stronghold. 
You might be teaching Sunday school. You might be in the ministry. You might be doing something. But you mad when you do it. You might be teaching. You got some people that be preaching. And they act like they, instead of teaching and preaching, they fussing. They buy brow beating people. And then when somebody brings it to their attention, oh, that's just the way I, I am. That's just the way God gave it to me to do it. That's my teaching and preaching style. That's just why. Well, if no one's starting to come into your class, or no one to listen to you stand up and talk, or nobody want to be in the ministry but you, but you, then you start accusing them who don't want to be around you as being unspiritual. But nobody wants to be around somebody who always wants it their way all the time. Hollering and screaming isn't teaching. Hollering and screaming isn't running the ministry. Browbeating people and bullying people is not teaching and preaching. That's intimidating because of your low self-esteem. Satan knows that he has you and you know that Satan has you. And because you got a low esteem, instead of just relinquishing it to God, you just want to stay stuck because it's all about you. Now your self-esteem becomes low because you know you're not right. I got to, if, if I got to make you small to make me look big, I got a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a Christian, I should be building you up. I should be propping you up. I wish I had a witness. I, I, I need to be the salt and the light of the world. Uh -huh. So that when nobody needs to, somebody needs to be encouraged, the first thing that pops up in your head is my name. Mm -hmm. Y'all ain't here. Because I am now taking on the spiritual gift, and I'm equipping myself, I'm talking about the tips to fight the battle, because I'm equipping myself to do spiritual warfare, so I'm putting aside those quirky, uh, those attitudes. I'm allowing the Spirit of God to work on my life. Uh -huh. And because I'm allowing the Spirit of God to work on my life, then guess what? I become a help me to you. I don't want to tear you down. I want to help you up. I'm going to give you the truth, but it's going to be in a way to help you. It's going to be constructive. It's not going to just tear you down, break you down, and give you nothing. Yeah. Now, if you accept that's something different, you, do, if you, you can only accept, but i got to be loving. Because God is loving. i got to show right. you some unconditional love. Yes. Right. Yes. Can I get a witness here? Yeah. Yeah. If y'all think I'm going to go, let me show you something. Remember when Paul got ready to join the church, the church was scared to take him in, and rightly so. Because Paul was a hoodlum. Paul was a desperado. Paul was relentless in his threats and his attacks against the people of the Christian way. Mm -hmm. But when Paul got ready to join the church, y'all with me? Dr. James, check this out. As the Lord had saved him on the Damascus Road, there was only one person willing to go sit on the back pew with Paul and catechize him. Find out he was, was he really who he said he was now. And that was Barnabas. You find him and find out about him in the book of Acts in forms of the type of man Barnabas was. Because he was equipped, Barnabas was equipped with the tools of spiritual battle and spiritual warfare. He was a man of great faith. He, his name, Barnabas alone, means encourager, a helper of others. That was his name. We as people of God must take these tips that I just imparted upon you so we can become more effective in our kingdom work. Can I get a witness in here? Not worry about what it would look like. Not worry about who not coming. Just you be faithful to the Lord. Amen. Lord said that he's faithful over a few things. Y'all know the Bible. Oh, yeah. And I will make you ruler over men. Can I get a witness here? Yeah. I don't care look. I don't care how much you can look like bad and look. I don't care if it's not going your way. Know what the Bible says. And walk by faith and not by sight. Can I get a witness in here? Yes. There's tips for the fight, y'all. Y'all hear him over and over again. God tells you, say, you ain't a man, you in the battle. Don't worry about it. Stand to your feet. He said, don't worry about it. Everything's just going to be all right. 
He said, just hold on, New Jerusalem. Hold on. Just a little while alone. Yes. Your brightest moment before your darkest part of the day. Can I get a witness in here? Yes. Uh-huh. Just hold on. You got the tips for the battle. Mm -hmm. Remember the tips for the battle. Put your hands together. You've got a hand to clap for Understand the invitation to salvation and open the doors of the church. Maybe there's someone who don't know the Lord as their personal Savior. In the sanctuary or out of the streaming online, maybe there's someone who do not know the Lord is their personal Savior. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Lord, so when you hear my invitation, pardon, not your heart. If there's someone who knows the Lord as their personal Savior, you can come. If there's someone who knows God. If you know him and you haven't been doing what I can ask you to do, we ask you to come in this time. God said, It's not about me, but I didn't hear about you. He said, I'm married to a backslider. So you can come right now. You might be someone that's looking for church home. You actually just join up with us and you worship. This is the church where worship is passionate and the word of God is powerful. It's still one today. Yes, it will. Thank God for God bless and keep you. This is our prayer.